Hey guys, welcome back to the Far Better Podcast. This is Season 5, Episode Number 19, and we are beginning the last three weeks of our journey together with road signs. Probably one of the signs that causes a lot of stories that could be told would be that of the yield sign. If we were to define the word yield, you might think about uh, producing or providing something. The land yields fruit and vegetation. It produces or delivers. uh, This method yields the same results as the other. Generates generates something. Uh, Such investments yield direct cash returns. You can give way to arguments, demands, or pressure. He yielded to the demands of his partner. You relinquish possession of something or give something up. They might yield up their secrets. They're forced to yield ground, ceasing to argue about something or giving the right to someone else to speak. I yielded the point. I yield to the gentleman from Kentucky. Give the right of way to other traffic. What are we supposed to do at a yield sign? Think about it for a moment. You know, a lot of people, when you're trying to get onto the interstate, if you're supposed to be yielding or the other person's supposed to be yielding, how many times as you're getting onto the ramp do you think they're not going to yield? Uh, The yield sign's a regulatory sign. It's not a suggestion. It's not kind of a, a matter of, you know, hey, take caution because the bridge will ice first. No, this is, you have to do this. At a yield sign, drivers must slow down and yield the right-of-way to pedestrians and vehicles that are approaching from another direction. Things that you need to remember about the yield sign before we get into our text for today. Yield means let other road users go first. It's not just other cars. You can't forget about bicycles and pedestrians. Unlike with stop signs, drivers aren't required to come to a complete stop at a yield sign and may proceed without stopping, provided that it's safe to do so. Vehicles on the roundabout coming from the left have priority over those entering it, and they have to stop when they're faced with a yield sign. I'm talking about those who are entering it. Uh, They're faced with a yield sign. They can't just come in. There's yielding that takes place in a roundabout. So let's talk for a moment about yielding in the Old Testament. I'll read it, but if you want to pull it up on your Bible, it's 2 Chronicles chapter 30, specifically verses 5 and following. But I want us to think about 2 Chronicles 30 and what Hezekiah taught about yielding during the Passover. According to chapter 30 and verse 1, they could not keep the Passover at the regular time. Hezekiah sent to all Israel, Judah, wrote letters from to Ephraim and Manasseh that they should come to the house of the Lord God at Jerusalem to keep the peace of uh, keep the Passover to the Lord God of Israel. For the king and his leaders and all the assembly in Jerusalem had agreed to keep the Passover in the second month. For they could not keep it at the regular time, because a sufficient number of priests had not consecrated themselves, nor had the people gathered together at Jerusalem. And the matter pleased the king and all the assembly. 
And so they determined, verse 5, to keep the Passover at Jerusalem. They made a proclamation throughout all Israel from Beersheba to Dan that they should come to keep the Passover at Jerusalem, since they had not done it for a long time in the prescribed manner. They were then told something that is quite interesting in verses 6 and 7. The runners went throughout all Israel and Judah with letters from the king and his leaders and spoke according to the command of the king, Children of Israel, return to the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Then he will return to the remnant of you who have escaped from the hand of the kings of Assyria. And do not be like your fathers and your brethren, who trespassed against the Lord God of your fathers, so that he gave them up to desolation as you see. Don't be like your fathers and brethren. They're told to yield to God. And they were met with mixed reviews. Verse 8 do not be stiff-necked as your fathers were, were, but yield yourselves to the Lord. Enter his sanctuary, which he has sanctified forever, and serve the Lord your God, that the fierceness of his wrath may turn away from you. For if you return to the Lord, verse 9, your brethren and your children will be treated with compassion by those who lead them captive, so that they may come back to this land. For the Lord your God is gracious and merciful, and will not turn his face from you if you return to him. So the runners passed from city to city through the country of Ephraim and Manasseh as far as Zebulun, but they laughed at them and mocked them. Nevertheless, some from Asher, Manasseh, and Zebulun humbled themselves and came to Jerusalem. We learn from this that true yielding yields results. I hope you liked that play on words there because that's probably the last time we're going to do it. Here's what we find in the text. It results in singleness of heart to obey God's commands, verses 12 and 13. It results in getting rid of distractions and idolatrous gods, verse 14. It results in worshiping God on His terms, verse 15 and 16. It results in sanctification, verse 17 through 19. It results in God's protecting us and a desire to serve, verse 20 through 22. And it results in serving out of joy and not an obligation. Watch this in verse 23. Then the whole assembly agreed to keep the feast another seven days, and they kept it another seven days with gladness. For Hezekiah king of Judah gave to the assembly a thousand bulls and seven thousand sheep, and the leaders gave to the assembly a thousand bulls and ten thousand sheep, and a great number of priests sanctified themselves. Then the whole assembly of Judah rejoiced. Also the priests and the Levites, and all the assembly that came from Israel, the sojourners who came from the land of Israel, and those who dwelt in Judah. So there was great joy in Jerusalem, for since the time of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, there had been nothing like this in Jerusalem. Then the priests, the Levites, arose and blessed the people, and their voice was heard, and their prayer came up to his holy dwelling place, to heaven. Yielding. Think about this for a minute. Yielding was taught by Hezekiah. Yield yourselves to the Lord, verse 8, and it produced results. Number two, yielding requires us to realize our ability to cause change. In the case of Esther, she was hesitant to get involved. What would have happened had she not, though? Often we think that we cannot make a difference, and We go through life with this misguided understanding that 
we're never going to amount to anything. We can't make a difference. Just little old me, what can I do? Such was the case with Esther when she heard in Esther 4, 1 through 9 about Mordecai's distress. She knew there was a solution, but did not offer herself up to it at first. Chapter 4 and verse 11. She knew she could go to the king, but she hadn't been called, and if the king doesn't raise the scepter, ah, she dies. Yikes. No fun. Notice Mordecai's reply in Esther 4, 13 and 14. Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. Esther, you're a Jew too. You will die. You're not going to escape from this just because you're in the king's palace. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. We often talk about how God is not seen in the book of Esther. Oh, but man, yes, he is. Mordecai right there is saying, God's not going to let this happen. And if you won't step up and do anything about it, someone else is going to come and deliver us. But your father's house and you will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. What would have happened if she was more concerned with her own life? It took this reply from Mordecai to get her to realize the severity of the situation and the solution's simplicity. Had she not received this message from Mordecai, nothing would have ever been done. Mordecai would die. The Jews would die. Christ would not have been born. Now, what Mordecai was saying, though, just a few minutes ago, when we were talking about it, a few few sentences ago, I guess, God wouldn't let that happen. But that didn't mean that Esther could just sit back and do nothing. The logical understanding is if nothing is done, that is the end. Mordecai dies. The Jews die. Christ can't be born. And yet Esther yielded to God and made a difference. She helped save Mordecai and helped spare the entire Jewish race. Yielding in the Old Testament. There are numerous examples we could talk about, about yielding to God. I think about Joseph, a man who looked at God and said, I'm going to yield to him instead of to Potiphar's wife. You can think about those who yielded to God begrudgingly. We've mentioned Moses before. Exodus chapter 4 He was told, essentially, by God, you will yield whether you want to or not. Yielding. Lord willing, next week, we're going to pick up with yielding in the New Testament and looking at Luke chapter 9 specifically. And then we'll close it out the week after that with some text takeaways. And I'll announce the... Season 6 theme of the Far Better Podcast on the Scattered Abroad Network. And then the summer season will begin. And we look like we are going to have another jam-packed, awesome summer for you to be able to consume content. Though it won't be as plentiful as you're used to with every day, we like to give our hosts a little bit of a break. We want them to have time to go to their camps and be with their families and 
do their youth activities during the summer months. We know that there's so many things going on each and every summer. But we do have some stuff planned that I think you're going to enjoy. Some silly, some spiritual, both uplifting. Lord willing, we'll be back next week. But until then, let's please God now so our eternity can be far better. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.